0: You're listening to The Dog Intuitive. I'm Amanda, a pet medium and intuitive dog trainer whose goal is to give your dog a voice. If you have ever felt confused or conflicted on information about the dog training industry, you are in the right place. As someone who lives with five dogs, I know that your dog is an individual who wants to build a relationship with you. Here, I'll break down dog behavior, training methods, and puppy raising all through the eyes of a dog because I believe once we understand where our dogs are coming from, we can help them achieve our goals and because I live a lot of my life by the moon astrology and cards that's going to be sprinkled in here too I love my family dogs Disney and housewives but not always in that order so put on your headphones because earbuds are bad for your brain and prepare to be entertained trust me your dog will thank you So I'm going to start today's episode with a joke that my seven-year-old told me. Uh, I don't know if this is a legitimate joke or if this is something that she just made up, but here we go. Why do boys like hot dogs more than girls? Because they have wieners. (laughs) Uh, I'm like, okay. Okay. You're not wrong I guess. I don't freaking know like the shit she comes up with. So I had a plan of like what I was gonna have this episode to be and then a different thought just can't really leave my brain and it's about how we can reach our dog training goals without like always relying on traditional training and I think like as consumers of information content whether it's online or from a book or whatever i think there's i think there's a lot of it that we have to sift through and gets to be like what is the right way To help our dog. And I think like something that we always need to ask ourselves is, do dogs do this or a version of this to each other? And so then we can kind of go into that training thing with a little bit better expectation or understanding or helping us understand where our dogs are coming from and the challenges that come along with teaching that. And so one thing that was on my mind is I had a a potential client reach out and say that everything else is good, but this dog just pulls on the leash like crazy. And (laughs) so this is where like traditional dog training is just like, oh, well, then you need to do X, Y, Z. Um, depending on what method you subscribe to, you know, purely positive they're going to have their way. They're maybe going to recommend a no-pull harness or um, keeping the dog beside you with rewards and only rewards, like, like whether it's a toy or food or whatever, or a clicker marking that ideal behavior. A balance trainer is going to Stereotypically, I'm sure there are many trainers who consider themselves to be balanced, who have their own way of going through tools, but typically balanced are okay, let's try a prong or an e-collar to discipline the leash pulling. And basically, when they're beside you and with you, they're not getting any corrections. But when they step outside of that, they're getting corrections with an e-collar or a prong collar. And so then the dog learns not to like literally step out of line because there's going to be a consequence for that, negative consequence. And then when they're beside them, they reward that with food or a toy or praise or whatever. They have a positive consequence to that. Whereas I look at all of it and I go, but why are they pulling in the first place? Why do they think that they need to drag you around? What is that about? Like, shouldn't we be focusing a lot more on the why behind it so that we can actually get some sort of awareness and understanding of why it's happening and then how, and then it helps us? kind of problem solve how to get to the goal so for instance with leash pulling and there are dogs out there who do not do it who they as a young dog will like our our pup Bernice is a prime example of that she is a Bernice crossed with a standard poodle and she is a very quiet personality she has moments of excitement but she's not a leader She is not a dog that wants to be doing any of that stuff and so she's getting more confident now for sure with like when I'm walking out of the shop it's like she doesn't want to go first and so then i have to encourage her like come on even though i've never put any boundary on the doorway in the shop it's like she doesn't want to walk ahead because she doesn't actually know where we should be going she's looking for leadership and so then by me stepping out and her going like yeah i just want to follow you i don't want you following me i don't know what the hell i'm doing it's almost like that's her internal dialogue and so then those dogs that are like totally content to drag you around it can be it can be happening because of habit so for instance with a dog like bernice if i have a leash on her and as she gets more confident and more secure and isn't being led by a human she will figure it out and she will start walking ahead of me and start navigating the walk and doing all the things and making all the decisions and and going this yuppie behind me with thumbs is following me in her skin suit. So I'm the one who is in control right now. This is how dogs operate. But there are dogs out there at a very young age who at Bernice's age and younger want to lead. They want to hit the end of that leash. They want to see what the world has to offer. You need to hang on for the ride and all that sort of stuff. And so, yes, you can throw a tool on that dog. You can mark the good behaviors. You can, when they're beside you, you can totally pay that to reward that. We know that all of this works because there are a thousand and two different ways to train your dog plus, and then there needs to be that many because there's that many or more personalities. And so we can, as humans, train, air quotes, train the dog to be walking decent on a leash. Whereas I look at what else is going on. Was this dog born this way where they want to have that sort of authority or is it more of like a bernice of the world who doesn't want it but if nobody is taking charge then what's her choice and so this is where there there's more to uh it's like like the the leash pulling is the tip of the iceberg of what is going on in your relationship with your dog. And because we know that dogs don't leash each other, this is where it's like, okay, so what do dogs do with each other? They don't have each other on leashes, but they do if, if there is a good pack dynamic and there is somebody who is uh, running the show, we'll call them the leader and if they're running the show and they're they're in a working mode or a protective mode there is bossing around that's going on and i don't think a lot of people get to see that they see say a collection of dogs in a dog park or a collection of dogs brought together at camping and they're all goofy and getting along and it's like they all share brain going in different directions or one barks and they all go and then another barks and they all go and it's this whole nobody's leading really anybody and so then the argument of no dogs don't do that they they do there is a and this isn't like a a group of dogs who don't know each other thrown together. This is the family dynamic of dogs that many people don't get to witness. They have one dog, maybe two dogs living together, and they bring those dogs into different environments with multiple different families of dogs, like a dog park or camping or whatever, and they figure some stuff out sometimes there's conflict sometimes there's not it's this whole thing but we want to remember that it isn't unnatural to ask your dog to be with you and not out in front that that is not a foreign concept to dogs at all what is hard is trying to establish yourself as the thing that needs to be listened to that's that's where there's the work because there's the people like to argue that there is there's no no pack mentality, no leadership among dogs. They're not wolves, yada yada yada. I beg to differ in the sense of what I see with our dogs and our Akita Cross Garth, who I've talked about before, and his management skills of the dogs on our property. And and it's just the dogs within his family. He's he treats stranger dogs differently. And I think that watching him manage dogs. And if he says so, nobody's allowed to pass him. No bullshit. That is, that happens. I see that happen. If somebody new is coming in the yard and he doesn't know who that vehicle is, and then all the other dogs are curious, all the other dogs are kind of in there. Because again, what we need to remember is majority of dogs actually aren't the Garths aren't natural-born leaders who want to be in that position. Some dogs are put there because there is no human or no other dog to boss them around and dogs are very simple in the sense of like you do it or I do it you're not doing it then I'll do it and I'll be terrible at it I will bark at all the dogs I will disrespect things and all the stuff but this is something that um don't want to be the head honcho of anything but circumstance puts them there whereas Garth somebody new comes in the yard the other dogs are curious and so they want to investigate and he will he will stop them not every time for whatever reason but sometimes he puts a stop to it and nobody's allowed to pass him, and he has to... So then the dogs are required to stay behind him while he's the one. He doesn't care what they're doing. They don't have to be technically healing beside him. It's almost like his mentality is like, you just don't get to go any further beyond me. I'm going to approach this vehicle, and you don't get to do it until I'm basically stopped running you off and so it's it's very normal i'm saying all this to help you understand that it's very normal for dogs to be put under that sort of control when when necessary and and garth is super inconsistent watching him it's like his his thing is he's consistent in the follow-through inconsistent in the ask sometimes people pull in the yard everybody can approach the vehicle as they're walking up or driving up sorry and nobody cares no dogs care garth does not care They can come and see all the things. But there are times where he is putting limits on it. And I've chatted about this in the other podcast episode with Recall. I have seen him return up the driveway and Poppy is trying to play catch up to him because she was, say, distracted. So she's now, he's just trotting home and she's now running home to catch up and all he has to do is shoulder check her because he has been consistent in his follow-through and she slows right down and goes oh okay I guess I'm not supposed to pass this guy right now and then she'll match his pace and be with him and walk up towards the house and so there are times though when he's trotting up the driveway, she's playing catch-up, so she's running, she passes him, he does not care. So this is again, where humans, we get a little bit hung up on everything has to be the same, everything has to be so consistent, so regimented, routine, yada yada yada. Whereas if I watch dogs, they are consistent in the follow-through, but inconsistent in the ask. And I'd say we're opposite. I see many humans, um, we will try and stick to some sort of manner like say they have to sit before they go outside and so you're in the sit fight you're like sit so they sit and then you go to open the door and they stand up and that's it and then they sit and you and you're trying you're back and forth and they they keep breaking the sit they stand up they do all the stuff and then eventually the human runs out of frustrate out of patience they get frustrated and it's like okay fine go consistent in the ask inconsistent in the follow-through dogs are opposite and so then when it comes to leash training my, and this is where I get really hung up with traditional dog training versus my belief system of, I actually don't really care, dogs, what you're doing. You don't have to be right beside me. I'm not doing strict obedience um, competitions or anything like that. I don't have you under my thumb. If you want to walk at an easy breezy pace, a foot behind me, go nuts. I don't care. But if you are passing me, then that's, that's the problem with me. When, when I'm on a leash and working with you And that's what I want out of you right now is to just be with me and walking with me. That's the standard. It's not, I need military style eye contact or engagement. I don't need, um, I don't want to feel or need to feel that dog's shoulder on my leg. It's not only on the left-hand side. It is just be with me. We'll just go for a walk. Just trust that I know where we're going. And that's, that's what's hard. And so we have dogs where they're perceived as everything's fine within the home, out and about, in the yard, that sort of stuff, but they just keep dragging me on the walk. And it's like, okay, so we want to reflect on how much energy, physical energy, mental energy is is pent up in this dog. The first thing I always say to people is go tire your dog out. Don't use the walk as exercise only. Use the walk as relationship building. And so have, have a game of fetch, frisbee, whatever that you do to tire your dog out up and down some stairs um whatever whatever is the the thing that you can do in your space before you start walking to get rid of some of that excess energy before you then put that dog into structure. They're just like kids in the sense of they just can't sit at a desk all day. They'll perform better with sitting and doing math if they can get out at recess or out at lunchtime and have gym and get out the physical energy and then they can work their brain because their body's not busy. And so it's like that's that should be the first thing. Get some of that drained before you try and put your dog under structure. The other thing is that we want to reflect on is within the home, how much, how much are you asking of your dog? Like, does your dog just easy breezy flow through the home, but they're subtly bossing everybody around and dogs are tricky because they're very good at it. There, um, there's, I've been in many clients' homes where they actually don't realize that their dog is... Uh, being a dink (laughs) and until now there's conflict whether it's between two dogs in a household a dog and a human and it just seems to come out of nowhere and it has not been coming out of nowhere it has been slowly brewing for that whole time This dog testing it, testing it and it working. And then they try, they try to flex again. And then all of a sudden the human has a problem with it. And so things that dogs do that we don't totally realize can be an act of disrespect or pushiness, all that sort of stuff is like always coming to you for affection without being invited. I have a whole theory on like affection and petting. And all the things, but that isn't that's a different episode. And so we can look at things like when you open the door, are they just like barging through? When um, you put the food bowl down, is there like are they beating you to it and they're eating out the bowl as you're as you're putting it down? How much how much obedience are they um completing, but yet they're in the mind frame of I'll do this and you give me that and then I go back to doing what I want. Many dogs do that because the human think obedience is just what we need. It's like, no, we'll just ask them to sit and then they sit and I give them the cookie and then they're off fiddle fucking around and being bad again. And it's like, yeah, well the sit, they don't they're not making the connection that they should that the sit is stop screwing around. They're going, I sit, I get fed, and then I go back to doing what I want. And then the human is still like, dog training doesn't work. It's like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't. And so with that, we want to we look at how we can basically show our dogs that we are worth listening to and um, and help them understand that, like, you listen to me in the home, you listen to me in the backyard, so that when we take you out on a walk, it's not totally foreign that I'm asking you to listen to me. Because if the dog's point of view is they're calling a lot of shots within the home, they are, you know, in and out of a doggy door, in and out of the the place, um, up on the bed, off the bed wherever you tell them to go lay down they do it and then as soon as you walk away they're up and getting busy and doing whatever they want they have all the toys on the planet there's there's not a lot of asking of anything going on within the home because they're relatively decent dog and you don't see the point in in working anything into your day-to-day stuff and they're an idiot on the walk it's no surprise because they look at you and they're like well now you want me to listen to you like i've been bossing you around for all day and now you think that because because now we're dealing with the walk means something special or whether it's a car ride to the dog park or wherever you're going the dog is like has been in control for a lot of it not necessarily working with the human but pushing a human around and like like guys like depending on the type of personality that you have um and this is where dog training and dog raising and all of it gets very hard and it's not a one size fits all because for instance with our crew garth the akita cross who likes to lead And wants that position, if with his personality, I need to remind him that I also need to be respected and listened to. And so if I'm walking around the yard, and this is going to seem like completely nuts to you guys, but if I'm walking through the yard and he's staying laying on the grass or he's laying on the sidewalk, he has to move, get out of my way. Because here's what I've noticed with Garth: He makes other dogs move, he makes the kids move, he expects the kids to get out of his way, he expects other dogs to get out of his way if somebody's laying on the sidewalk or if somebody's laying on the grass and he's approaching he's like part the seas i'm coming through you morons and they are required to move he will walk right into them or he will if somebody's walking towards him if another dog is walking towards him do you think he's moving out of their way no because the size of the ego this dog has is he is in control and there's no conflict over this Like it's just an understanding when Garth walks towards a dog, that other dog has to get out of the way. When Garth is standing in one spot on a path, especially like in winter when there is um, literal paths through the yard. I mean, right now it's grass and open and so there's lots of space. So it's not as, it's not as noticeable when these sort of exchanges are happening, but in the, you, you notice it in the winter because he's standing in a path And a dog has to like slither around him or go into the snow to get around him and onto the path. He does not move over and go, oh yeah, sorry, excuse me. I'll just let you by. He's not doing that at all. And so a dog like Garth, I make him move, get out of my way. And what's interesting is that because Garth has more or less reinforced this sort of stuff with the other dogs, the other dogs get out of the way. And um, even with like puppies, I'm sure you guys in the puppy stage, it's like, oh, the puppy's always in front of me. And... And I have to step over it and it's like, it'll walk in front of me and I'm, I'm tripping over the dog. And it's interesting because the human is moving for the dog. Like they they don't want to step on the dog, of course, it's a puppy. But they're also not really teaching get out of the way of the human. You know, not every dog, basically, if you notice that your dog, when you approach it, whether it's in your hallway or on a path, or whatever it is, and they are not moving for you, make them move. Because that is a subtle check that your dog is doing, going like, what are you going to do about it? And this is, this is not common, um, (laughs) this is not commonly known about how dogs subtly boss us around. If your dog is laying in the hallway and you scoot around them, and they're staring at you like like a sleeping dog is one thing but if they are staring at you like i'm i don't need to move for you you better believe i would be yeah, get out of my way please excuse me get up and move and they get up and they're annoyed and all the things because you just You basically now flexed on them. And so we want to be aware of, you know, there may be listeners going like, my dog doesn't do that or that or that or that or that, but they still pull on the walk. Then I, I would bet a lot that you could simply just put a little bit of discipline on the walk. So you buy like a slip lead, put it up nice and high, like a show dog, apply some pressure when they pull and they will be perfect. No problem. I'm talking about the dogs who want to give you a shoulder replacement when you take them on a walk those dogs are the ones who are bossy, probably everywhere. They don't care about leashes. They don't care about tools. They don't care about your treats. (laughs) These are dogs that need to be now worked with so much in relationship. And it's not a relationship in the way of like bousal relationship. It is who is going to be calling a lot of the shots. Whatever your dog is valuing, You have to help them understand that it's actually yours. You give permission to use it, that sort of stuff. These dogs are challenging and their majority of dogs just need a bit of a different tool, a bit of a a slightly different change with routine maybe or energy. It's just like drain the energy, have some manners at the front door and your walk will be way better. Sometimes that's secure. Sometimes though it is the extreme like, okay, we ought to get this dog tuned into you. Because as soon as you take that dog out the front door, they are, they have the personality and the confidence to want to run the show. And that is where relationship comes in. Before you go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you want even more content, you can find me on Instagram at the dog intuitive. If you have a dog loving friend, send them here to the dog intuitive podcast and help spread the wisdom laced with Tom So take a moment to give your favorite pup a collar scratch. And remember, they're all good dogs.